When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. NBL season coming down to the business end. A thrilling run to the playoffs. We also had some of the award nominations announced yesterday. And Chris Anstey joins us to chat all things hoops. G'day, Chris. Hey, Jules. How are you? I'm very well. This is a great uh, lead up to the final. So three teams are locked in. Uh, the Kings, uh, the Breakers and the Taipans. But now we've got four teams uh, fighting for three spots. And the poor old South East Melbourne Phoenix, they haven't got any games left. They've just got to sit back and wait. I think they'll be okay, and uh, it would take uh, something pretty extraordinary for them to miss. But uh, no, it's just a sign of how positive a move it's been to add the playing games and have this, you know, the, the playoff to get into those games come down to the last week, which uh, you know, it just kept the league alive for a little bit longer than probably what it has in the past for more teams. So credit to the NBL for that, but. Uh, Look, I suppose if we put our Melbourne bias on the start, United have this really interesting game. They they play uh, at the Adelaide 36ers next week in their last home game. Need to win. And, and Adelaide, of course, are very talented and playing with pretty much nothing to lose. But um, then they've got to sit back and hope that the Perth Wildcats lose both of their two games uh, to see if they can get into the final. So, look, you're right, there's, there's a lot going on that the Phoenix will sit back and, and watch. But, uh, you know, for the first time in a little while, I think they're, they're the first Melbourne team that would be a little bit more comfortable uh, at this time of year heading into the playoffs. Yes, as you mentioned, the Wildcats still have two games to go. They're both home games, but they are against the top two teams uh, in the competition. So Friday night, it's against the Taipans. And then on Sunday, uh, in the last match of the regular season, so United could win and then sit back and hope for the Wildcats uh, to lose if they don't get over the Taipans. And it depends also what the Jack Jumpers do, but they play the lowly Hawks. They host the Kings uh, in the last regular season game. You mentioned the, the play-in system there, Chris. Were you instantly a fan of the NBL bringing that in, or it's just the way the season's unfolded that you've gone, yeah, this is actually a really good system? Yeah, not instantly. And then my initial thought, and there's still, I'm sure, conversation to be had was around an extra team or extra teams making the playoffs. Um, but as you've described, it's, you know, the longer it's gone on and the interest it's created, look, let's see how the actual playing tournament goes. Uh, but to make those spots certainly has been interesting, whatever the format might be. But I'll tell you what, you mentioned Perth having their last two games at home. They, they missed the playoffs for the first time in 30 mm. odd years last year and they did it on the back of a home loss to the South East Melbourne Magic which allowed the Tassie Jack Jumpers to get in so certainly I would imagine if you're a Perth fan that'd be fresh in your mind knowing or knowing that you're coming into a couple of home games against very good teams and what happened last year yeah you would hope that history doesn't repeat itself if you're a Perth fan but uh, I suppose if you're in, if you're a United fan you're sitting back thinking, hey, it happened last year. We wouldn't mind uh, just tuning into the TV and watching Perth go down twice. Absolutely. We had the NBL MVP nominees yesterday, and uh, not surprisingly, according to their individual coaches, their own player should win. So you got Mitch Creek from the Phoenix. you got Bryce Cotton from the Perth Wildcats. 
And you got Xavier Cooks from the Kings. Certainly impressive on the weekend. Creek puts up 29. Cotton puts up 40. Triple-double for Cooks. Uh, which way are you leaning there for the most valuable player this season? I think it'll be really, really close. And I've thought they've been the top two for most of the year. And for very different reasons, I actually think that Xavier Cooks for, for a lot of the year has had a lot more support than what Mitch Creek's had. So, yeah, at, at one stage early on in the season, I would have favoured Mitch. But there have been other times where I think Xavier's you know, clearly the best player in the league. And probably almost from afar, you know, almost a reluctant superstar. He, he really lets the game come to him. He doesn't force it. And, you know, really trust his teammates to do their job. So, look, it'll be a really interesting one. Of course, Bryce Cotton, who will go, will end up going down as one of the greatest players to play in the NBA. Look, he, he, you know what you're going to get from him week in, week out. He, he had a quiet start to the season. He may be just off these two this year, but um, it's been an interesting... You talk about changes the NBA have made. And if I could just bring up the defensive player for, for a Yeah, second. I was going to ask really you about interesting. that. Yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting system where the players and coaches actually get to nominate the award winners and not an independent panel. And uh, you know, I've said publicly I love Shaili. He's one of my favourite players, but I, I just don't think having only played 14 of the 28 games, he should be eligible to win an award. And you, you look at the Sydney Kings and a guy like Justin Simon not being on that list, especially when the guy the award named <laughs> yes. after Damien, Damien Martin picked him to win the whole thing. And he doesn't make the top three. So, look, I'd just love to see there be a few more eyes run across the league independently um, when it comes to, to nominating these awards. I wouldn't mind seeing five. But, you know, I don't think you have to get down to three. Um, but, look, I, I, you know, in that Defensive Player of the Year award, I just reckon they might miss the actual winner in the top three, which is surprising. But, uh, no, look, with the others, the... Um, you know, it's an interesting time of year. The way that they announce these is, is fun. Um, I'm disappointed the Rookie of the Year doesn't exist. There seems to be a little bit of political correctness attached to that. That you know, your first year is your first year. If you're not good enough to play more than three or four minutes, that's tough. Um, you know, I don't think you should earn the, the, the right to win that award in your second and yep. third year. Like Luke Travers, Sam Froling. Um, Love them both as players, but you know they missed their rookie of the year opportunity. They can go on and win a most improved player. But hey, look, it's a fun time of year. It's great that we're talking about the NBL like we are, and uh, every player who's been nominated clearly is an outstanding player. Yeah, Paul Smith, uh, the chairman of the Kings, didn't miss. He said it was a disgrace that Xavier Cooks and Justin Simon weren't nominated for the defensive player of the year. I thought, uh, I thought clubs didn't worry about individual awards, Chris. But clearly, the Kings well, chairman's not happy. You know, if there is one, I think you'd rather it be a defensive one than an individual or a scoring one. But yeah, it's true. You know, look, and you know, it's such a subjective award, the defensive player of the year, because so many teams are system based on the defensive end, and it's hard for one player to stand out. Um, so, look, I, I, I do agree. One of those two at the least should be on. Extend the list out a little bit when you come to your final awards, and let an independent panel, as they now do, vote. But uh, I just, I just think they need to make sure they don't have any glaring omissions like they seem to have had in that one award. Just looking at the, the playoffs, and we know we haven't quite got it finalised, but Kings will go into the playoff series as the favourites. They've been the most consistent team of the season. Of those that are left that can make it, um, which is, I guess, we're down to seven, trying to get into six spots, who do you think's best place to challenge the Kings uh, in the playoff series? 
Yeah, you know what? At full strength, I still think the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, um, which surprises a few. And, you know, I said that on Twitter and had all of the Taipan fans coming after me and had the New Zealand fans saying I didn't watch, but and they may be right to a little bit of, you know, to some extent, but I, I just think the Phoenix have the size, the athleticism, the, the scoring ability uh, and the presence on the glass to, to really match it with the Kings if they're at full strength. Now, they played them last weekend without Ryan Brockoff, who stretches the floor for the Phoenix and allows Mitch Creek and their two imports to be more effective again. So if they can get Ryan Brockoff back, which is a big if, I still think the Phoenix are really dark horses to upset the Kings. But you're right, the Kings deserve to be short price favourites. You know, the Breakers and the Taipans, as we saw with Tassie last year, it's you know, history repeating itself with Cinderella stories and the really unexpected teams finishing so high, so high up. But I just don't think you go and win a championship in your first look at it. Um, look, again, it's, it's the Kings to lose almost, and, and somebody's going to have to be exceptional um, or cross their fingers and hope that the Kings aren't at full strength at some stage through the playoffs. Speaking to Chris Ancy about the NBL playoffs and some of the individual award nominees that uh, came through yesterday. Just one question on the NBA. We saw a bit of a farcical situation with LeBron James the other day where he was clearly fouled, So, but you can review a foul, but you can't review a non-call. Does that have to change? Because a non-call is still a call. Yeah, it does. You're spot on. It's a decision, isn't it? Um, and and you know, here's one area where I think the NBL has got it right and the NBA has it wrong. That in the NBL, if you challenge a call early in the game, uh, you retain your challenge. You can use it again later on and you, you lose your incorrect challenge or unsuccessful challenge. The NBA, once you've challenged a call, even if you're correct and the, and the challenge is upheld, you, you're unable to challenge another call later in the game. So... Uh, that's part of it. The other part is, yeah, I think clearly because the buzzer had gone, we're able to review players stepping on baselines and going out of bounds. I clearly think in that instance, there was a lot of, uh, you know, we could see it on film instantaneously that the, that the incorrect call was made. And the thing that hurts for me, you know, there's a lot of people who love or hate LeBron. And, but the Lakers are battling for a playoff spot. They're, they're really... They're behind the eight ball. That was a really, or would have been a really, really important win for them. And that loss alone could genuinely hurt their playoff aspirations. So you'd hate to see a champion of the game like LeBron mm. and his Lakers miss out by a game. And then you look back and you think, geez, if, if he goes to the free throw line on that, you know, there's a 70 or 80% chance he knocks down at least one and they win that game and, and go on to do something different. So now, look, I, I would love to see calls down the stretch. Reviewed in the NBA, if you if you have one successful earlier in the game, hold on to that thing. But I think one thing that all sports want us is for the players to decide the outcome. And as long as there's not too much dead time in the interim, that absolutely couldn't agree more. And just finally, last time we spoke to you, uh, Dirt Nowitzki was in town, uh, and you were you were sort of chaperoning him around uh, Melbourne. How did uh, Dirk enjoy his time in Australia? He loved it. And he actually only left yesterday. He ducked off quietly and had a holiday here with his family. And no, we love sharing his story. He was you know, so much positive feedback about the quality of person Dirk was and the accessibility he gave people you know, at these events. And we're actually off to Auckland for, for one small one uh, on Saturday. So we, we hope that everyone's okay in Auckland. We hope the weather's okay. And we hope that we can get Dirk 
uh, in the Auckland and meet some of the, the basketball fans over there as well. But it's been great to have him in Australia. Um, great to take him across to New Zealand. And uh, again, you could, we couldn't have picked a better bloke. The, the feedback from the people who've attended has just been incredible. Were you doing a bit of a sporty with Andrew Gaze last night? Did I see that? No, that was a bit of a throwback. No, we, oh. we started, it's, it's how this whole thing started. You know, I called uh, Drewy, I called Copes and, we wanted to tell some basketball stories, and we figured if you're going to tell a basketball story, there's probably not two better blokes that you put in a put in a room and, and talk to. So those guys absolutely got us started with what we wanted to get done here, and hopefully we'll get them on stage again soon because they're incredible. But uh, leave, no, it's, leave it's a hole, in, leave a bit of a hole in the budget with Gazy, wouldn't it? Cheap, but he's, uh, <laughs> he, 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 I, I hope he still does make trades. But uh, no, look, he, he's incredible, and we remain thankful with, through him and Coach for being able to get Josh Giddy, Luke Longley, Dirk Nowitzki, and uh, a few more in the pipeline. So a lot of fun. Nah, he's a good man. Uh, Chris, you're a good man as well. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, can't wait for week 18 of the NBL. Starts Thursday night. Hawks and Breakers, and two big matches to finish with finals. Um, Finals on the line. United 36 as Wildcats Kings. Uh, thanks so much for your time, Chris. Good on you, Jules.